Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 273, and it is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. We are back here uh, live in the studio. Uh, it's just two of us this time on 2-22-2022 on a Tuesday. Uh, this will never happen again. <laughs> this will never happen again. Um, but uh, we are here, um, and we're so excited that uh, that you're that y'all will be joining us um, this week. We're going to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Um, our thoughts about the seven episode um, miniseries, um, only, which premiered on Disney Plus back in December. It just it just it just wrapped its uh, final episode last week. Um, so we'll get into our uh, spoiler-filled thoughts of our of the show uh, later on. Um, we also got some stuff that we'll that we'll t- touch on, some stuff to review, things we've been up to. You know, as per usual, you know how we do on the Codex Prime podcast. Um, you know, as as Carl is sharing the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Silk City Hot Sauce. Uh, Silk City Hot Sauce. Uh, they're a Vermont-based hot sauce. Uh, hot sauce uh, manufacturer um they have all sorts of really cool and unique flavors from erotic fever to badass jew mango madness and of course one of my favorites the maple syrup flavored hot sauce which goes well with any breakfast food um if you want these unique flavors and more uh, hit up silkcityhotsauce.com use the promo code codex that's c-o-d-e-x and you'll get 15 percent off of your order that's silkcityhotsauce.com check them out I kind of I like that. <laughs> you yeah. did good with that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. We're as we're uh, as Carl's sharing the episode. Um, done. Yep. I'm looking at uh, my uh, just my my interface right here because we are on Facebook Live. For some reason, I don't know why Facebook Live doesn't allow me to view the comments. That is um, unfortunate. Yeah. It, it 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 is quite unfortunate. Yeah, it's like I'm not I'm not able to view the comments um, as we're broadcasting live. So we'll have to rely on, you know, your phone and to see who chimes in. Um, but but for those of you who are joining us, uh, we welcome you uh, all the same. What's happening, Afton? That's right. Hey, Afton. Afton, our good friend of the show, joining us. Um, do you know if she's watched Book of Boba Fett? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think she's ever mentioned it. I don't think we've even mentioned it around her. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, either way, uh, we'll still talk about it. <laughs> and, uh, yes, and if you want to get some uh, Codex Prime shirts, especially what Vic's wearing right here, his uh, lovely Victor Vader shirt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you get, make sure you hit up Infamous Customs. That's right. Infamous Customs. That is M F A M U S Customs. I'll repeat that one more time. That's M M F A M U S Customs. You can find her on Instagram. All sorts of really cool uh, customized uh, apparel uh, and masks. Um, check her out. Uh, check out her work. Buy some stuff. Support black businesses. It's awesome. Let her customize. You. That's right. There was some harmony about that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it, man. 
Uh, she's for it. She's for Boba Fett. That's right. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. So yeah, man. Uh, we're back here live in studio. Um, yeah, Carl. Uh, how's life, man? It was a bit. Of, it was a bit of a rough, tiresome week. Mm. But I'm hanging in there. I'm still here. That's right. I'm still standing. Mm-hmm. I'm still strong. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've been kind. Of, I've been uh, definitely keeping myself busy. Um, big shout outs to uh, all my boys: Nick, Lou from the BX, uh, Dan DeMaya. We was on. We just did an episode of Wrestling Is Trash uh, yesterday, talking about the uh, past elimination chamber. So if you want to hear my thoughts on that, you can go ahead and uh, tune into tune into that. It was a very good, very fun episode. But it's always a good time. Um, also, big shout outs to Dan DeMaya and uh, Bad Lab for. Uh, very articulate, um, fun conversation about all things hip hop. Uh, our hip hop roundtable that was just, I had to listen back again. And then we was talking about it in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Dan, Dan thought it was, he had so much fun. He ended up carrying some of them questions over to his podcast, the Startify podcast. Very nice. So, I mean, you just can't talk about hip hop like that no more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure the 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 young folks are talking about hip hop. Well, with their generation of artists, you know, sitting around talking about little Uzi Vert and Migos and Takashi Six, <laughs> Six Nine and the, you know, merits of Drake. I mean, Drake, you can. Yeah, yeah Drake, Drake is a bit of a lyricist, so I mean, you can. Yeah, Drake, Drake makes harmless, fun music. I guess. Yeah. Call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But um, I kind of been I've been through I've been up to uh, you know so quite a bit, um. So I checked out the uh, brand new show that's on Peacock, okay. Bel Air. Okay, Bel Air is that dr- that dramatic rendition of uh, Fresh Prince? Yeah. Okay. And um, it is very intriguing and very interesting. I really think drinking and driving is a thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very interesting premise. Like, in order to really enjoy it, mm-hmm. you have to enjoy it on its own merits. Yeah. Okay. It's like, all right, yeah, you got, you know, all you, you got Will, Carlton, Uncle Phil, and Viv, Hillary. You know, you got the whole family, but it's it, it's very that's right. It is very intense. Mm. Like you're looking at Carlton, like yo, you kind of want to punch this dude in the face. Mm. Is he like an Uncle Tom? Yeah, but like a serious one. Oh boy, so he's like, he's kind of like a uh, Kundis Owens. I guess. Hmm. I heard. I saw what you. <laughs> Look at the girls. I'm coming in for you. But yeah, it was. It kind of hits hard, especially like the way they showed the fight in the beginning, hmm. and why you know, and why and how uh, Will had to get sent sent over to Bel Air. It's it's pretty hard hitting, but yo, they show so much love to Philly in the beginning. Yeah, it's like Philly. It's really like. Um, like they really embraced that Philly connect and so I I was proud to see that and then yo, some of these characters is just like yeah you're just like yo like it's pretty jaw it's very deep and pretty jaw dropping. 
Okay. Any examples? I just don't want to spoil it, though. That's the thing, yo. I mean, if it's already on social media, yo, Carlton has a drug problem. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Like, like he's like he's on that stuff. Like he's on that. Yep. Ghost candy. Yep. Real oh, booger sugar. <laughs> that good old booger sugar. Oh man. Yeah, so, he's on. He's on it too. White lines. Vision, dreams of passion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so far, Hillary is actually a much more tolerable character than what she was in the sitcom and stuff. And Jeffrey. Hmm. Yo. He ain't Jeffrey from the sitcom. Oh, really? Yo, Jeffrey's a G. Okay. Jeffrey is a G. Okay. Okay. Like, you'd be like, you'd be like, yo, Jeffrey belongs in that movie Shotters. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. He's like, like just speaking in Jamaican Patois. Kinda. He he he, meant, he mentions in the show that he was born in Jamaica. And what's up, John? He was born in Jamaica, lit and fled to England, mm-hmm. and then came to Bel Air. But you, hmm. episode four, you'd be like, "Yo, that's what Jeffrey's all about." Hmm. Okay. And Black Twitter's thirsting over the new Uncle Phil and Jeffrey. Really? So, so they're they're thirsting over Uncle Phil. Yes. Huh. I guess they're like the the new what do you call it the new zaddies, if you will. I I, I guess yeah. Hmm. I mean I wouldn't refer to them as that, but yo they it, it it's intense. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's intense. I'm saying trying to say all this without you without spoiling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first four episodes are out now, and it's coming out. It comes out on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm actually just double checking to see if it's if the new episode's out. No, it's not yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, Jazz is a much more respectable character. Oh, okay, but still kind of keeps the essence of the old character. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's just, it's just a multiverse, fresh prince. You know, like you know what. I can kind of get behind this. I just kind of hope that there's like a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. You know, as I first watched it, I'm sitting there like, you know what? I- I'll give it about three seasons, five tops. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as there's a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I- I'm actually, after binge watching it, was it like Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night. I was just like, you know what? I I think this is a this is a new thing for me. Hmm. Okay, so you're gonna f- see the show through? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. I, I honestly, I think I, I think you will find it very interesting. Okay. Especially Carlton. Hmm. And Hillary. Okay. Wow. So these are some very different and interesting takes from these characters. It's kind of like. Other than all the science fiction stuff, I think you would, especially with you coming up with that very dark premise of Family Matters. Yeah, I think you can cut. You would appreciate this. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if uh, if Beller's any indication, I do. I still, I still think, think that there's a market for my vision of Family Matters. Jesus. 
You know, I, I think the world is ready for my vision of Family Matters. I'm scared um, of your vision of Family Matters. You know, just p- put it on uh, HBO Max, you know. Have John, I mean, have uh, Jordan Peele direct it. Yep, have Jordan Peele direct it. Like, oh, man, just, I mean, y'all y'all already know my vision. So, like, go back, go back, uh, I think it was, like, last uh, go, go, go back to the episode where we reviewed Coming to America, uh, the sequel from last March, I believe. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I had a full, I had a full on pitch, which I gave it some serious thought. Matter of fact, I should, I should write it down. Like I, I, I have like a whole arc, um, in in my mind. You know what? Just do it. About about just, Urkel. I always said you had something in your head. Just do it. You know, like um, like we can have we can have Urkel be like that that horrible mad scientist you know just kidnapping people in the hood you know experimenting on them you know he's obsessed he's because like he's because urkel is obsessed right in my vision right he's obsessed with with perfecting his so-called bot spot sauce or whatever he called whatever the serum that he used to create to transform to stefan or i always call it just a transformation serum yeah the transformation serum like he's trying to he's trying to find like the ultimate perfect uh version of that serum but it has horrible side effects to the people that he administers that serum with because they, they turn like grotesque. They turn into, like it's like straight up body horror. Like they grow like fifty eyeballs on their arms. This and is shit. no. This was wholly like, different. Like, this is like some Resident Evil type stuff, right? And yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. It's it's just gonna be amazing. Like you're gonna see. You're gonna see like 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 an American Gods like that episode where you saw the vagina monster. We're gonna see tons of that in my version of of, of Family Matters with Urkel as the horrible mad scientist, you know, conducting horrific experiments on human beings, and we're gonna push the M rating, TV MA rating, to its absolute limits with my show. It's gonna be great, and um and and, oh, and also Waldo has a drug problem too. He's on. He's on. You meth. just thought about that right now. <laughs> I, I did. I did. He's. He. See. See. You, you know how. Don't Wal- agree with him, TJ. <laughs> like. Like. You know how Waldo was a chef in Family Matters. Like he. He had a propensity. He. He was like into cooking. Yeah. Well, he cooks meth in my vision. In my version. No. 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 It's, it's got to be crack. It's got to be crack. Okay. He. he well. Yeah. He cooks crack, but he. He also experiments with meth. It goes horrible, horribly wrong for him. Right. And so he turns to Urkel. For for the cure because he's dying, but then Waldo becomes this horrific version of like, think of like a black version of Brundlefly from The Fly, you know, with with uh, Jeff Goldblum, just just hopped on crack and meth. Yo yo, I I, I got the vision. Yo man, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a map, I'm a map it out. This, this is gonna be the most horrific, the most nightmare inducing version of Family Matters that the world has ever seen, and I think that the world is ready for it. Coming from somebody who won't watch Cannibal Holocaust, but yeah, you're gonna think of stuff like that. Oh fuck, Cannibal Holocaust! I'll never watch that movie. Oh, you can handle it. <laughs> it's Vic on meth. I wonder sometimes. I'm not on meth, I, and I, I I can't be on meth because I still have all my teeth, and I haven't aged like 15 years. True. Also, I'm not white. That was unnecessary. <laughs> we I have know. white supporters, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Check out, check out Bel Air. Okay, all right. Check. I, you you sold me. Thank I, you. I, I will give it. I will give it a, a a fair shot. It was Carlton with the drug problem, huh? That intrigued me. Yeah. There he goes. You yo, he's you want to punch the shit out of him. Mm, okay, okay. 
I'm, I'm, I'm talking I'm, about on a level where remember I used to hate that dude from 90 Day Fiance who just like you just look at him like yo just right here just yeah I don't know what it is about his face you know wow yeah mm. okay yeah Carlton okay I will keep that in mind all right Bel Air I'm gonna write Carlton that down. and you are gonna respect the shit out of Jeffrey mm. okay respect his gangster all right indeed. All right, thank you for the recommendation. All right, I recommend you all. I recommend you all types of shit. Mm. Of course, yeah. But anyway, um, big shout outs to the Black Nerd Book Club, uh, Sean Andrews and uh, Jordan Mann. They uh, hosted a. Um, it was like a read. It was like a read along event where they would actually read comic books to kids to get them engaged in reading and other art forms uh, some more. So I got. Um, I went out to. I went out to the Black Box Theater yesterday and met up with them. Got to connect with them. Yo, those are some cool brothers. Like, and they actually like organize like meetups to watch like all the superhero films that are coming out right now. So they're trying to organize something for the Batman coming out. It's next week. I think it's next week, yeah. Oh, damn. Hmm. Yeah. Well, looks like we got something to review in about a week or so. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I, I am. Black churches have prepared me for three hours of that. Oh, yeah. It probably won't even feel like three hours. Is that going to be on uh, HBO Max as well, or is it exclusively in theaters? Uh, theaters, yeah. You know what? Why not? Yeah. The best and the worst. <laughs> I got Everybody's telling me to watch Peacemaker. So on the comic for on the comic tip, I have the new Iron Fist number one. Now I was really intrigued because of the cover. Very interesting cover art by Jim Chung is written by Alyssa Wong and Michael. I can't pronounce his last name. It's literally just YG. Michael Eag. Ah, that's that's my that's my guess. Yeah, we'll stick with that. Yeah. And um, that's not Danny Rand. Oh, okay. Okay, he's not Danny Rand, huh? It's not Danny Rand. It actually takes place after the events of the previous um, Iron Fist run, and Danny Rand actually gave up his powers to save the world. But after Demon's attack, a new Iron Fist appears and, and saves Danny while he's getting attacked. So then Danny doesn't know... Where he got his chi? Why he got where he got his chi from? So now mm. that's gonna pick up to uh, <laughs> that's gonna pick up to where you know how Danny's gonna figure out. Hey, where did you get this chi? Did, you know, where did you get this chi from? How did you get the powers of the Iron Fist? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? All right, I'm sold. This will probably be a short series, so I'll I'll give it. You know, I'll give it that. And nothing's better than hey, two Iron Fists are better than one. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. John Aponic uh, disagrees with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I mean, granted, John. I mean, John has admitted that Iron Fist is his favorite MCU property. So there's that, right, John? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. To that. God, that show is trash. Hey, the failure. Kevin Feige doesn't take responsibility for it. Yeah. He doesn't take responsibility of none of them, but he's connected. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, there's gonna be a payoff somehow, some way. Mm. So the next up, so um, this probably may <laughs> the Finn Jones forever. <laughs> so this <laughs> probably may uh, spin off to another quick discussion, 
But as you know, 1992 marks the 30-year anniversary of Image Comics. Ah, that's right. So I picked up Jim Valentino's, uh, the official Image Timeline. Now, what it does, it tells the story of Image Comics and then also the timeline of various comics, various uh, covers, some never uh, some rarely seen pictures and comic book covers that they have in there. I didn't get a chance to like sit down and read the entire thing, but it, it's something that's cool to have. And as an Image fan... Um, I felt like I had to grab it. Yeah. Okay. That should be an interesting read. Oh yeah, I recommend that you grab it. What What's some of your and you can, y'all can tell me in the comics since it's their thirty year anniversary. I'll probably put up an Instagram post on this one too. What are some of your favorite image titles? Oh man, of course there's Saga. Yes, of course. Um, Bitter Root is really good. They have a Beat Street tribute cover that I want so bad. Oh yeah, like their variant covers are are really nice. Yeah. They have one on Juice, right? Um, yeah, they did the hip hop with Marvel doing the hip hop albums. I think Bitter Root did the hip hop movies. Yeah, yep, yeah. So yeah, if you can track those down, those are worth worth grabbing. Um, yeah, Bitter Root, um, Skyward, that was really nice. It's a fifteen episode, fifteen issue series. Yeah. Um, let me see. There's, let's see, East of West. Very, very interesting um, post-apocalyptic Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout-outs to Jim Savard for giving me the first uh, 20 issues. Damn. Yeah. It was like, I think it was like 36 issues total, so I just collected the rest. Really nice read. Um, let me see. East of West. Uh, St. Mercy is a good one. Yep. Of course, I got to go with Spawn. Yep. Um, I got to go to Walking Dead. Say what you want about the show and stuff, but damn it. The comic, you know, the comics were smart enough to end. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at the end of the day, it's a successful run. So, and I did actually read a good amount of it up mm-hmm. to when Carl got shot. Um, it's very much, much more graphic than, than what we was able to get in the show. Oh, I bet. Um, ooh, Michonne went through some shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, Invincible. I never read the comic, but. Damn it, that show is very fucking good. I've heard. Yeah. Um, let me see. I didn't mention Saint Mercy. Excellence. I was enjoying. Um. Oh, the Good Asian. That's a really good. That series. was yeah. That was one that you was liking. Um, God, there's so many. I think. I think the Me You Love in the Dark was uh, published by Image. Hmm. And that was one that I like really enjoyed. I followed very heavily and enjoyed very much. Um, yeah, they had a lot of like horror titles. Yeah, you can just throw a rock and just horror, and you can rico- like you said, you can just ricochet off of yeah. many different titles. Um, oh yeah. Oh man, there is so many. I gotta I have to like really. Like, yeah, like like I also remember a couple of their. Um, back in the 90s, like a couple of animated series based on the comics, like Savage Dragon and The Max. I remember yeah. The Max. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually yeah. Googling Image Comics uh, titles. Hmm. Savage Dragon, I, th- I think. they had a, Yeah, that had a cartoon. Yeah. But I, th- I think, are they still producing new comics for that? Is yeah. That- Wow, because I know that's one of their vintage titles, yeah. like legacy titles. Yeah. Oh man, Deadly Class uh, that turned into a show. Um, yep, Witchblade. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, monstrous the crow. I didn't know they did that. They did the crow, young blood, channel zero. Hmm. Um, oh, now that we're speaking of Spawn, have you read any of the um, recent spinoff titles like King Spawn and Gunslinger? I've been collecting the number one issues. Okay. So yeah, it's a whole like oh, Two Moons was a good one that I re- that I uh, read. Okay. Oh man, okay, here we go. I got the whole list. Uh, Jesus. That is a lot. I Kill Giants. I never heard of that one. Yep. Um, what was it? Fire. Oh, The Old Guard. I saw, I saw the movie that it was based on on Netflix. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was. Yeah, that was really good. That was directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I heard that. Um, Two Moons, which I really enjoyed, which I really enjoyed reading. I, it's still going, but I... Ended in the first story. Um, Prodigy. Prodigy was one I really enjoyed. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, there's so many. Oh, Wildfire, I remember. Oh, there's an excellent um, detective one called The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Okay. That's an excellent one. Yeah. If you're a fan of, like, 50s uh, film noir... Uh, in like graphic novel form, the fade out is excellent. All right, yeah. yeah. Oblivion song has been getting uh, a lot of praise lately. Yeah, there's only two more issues left. Really? Yeah, they're ending at issue 36. So, yeah, once I get those two, then I'm gonna read the whole. Re- well, reread the series because I, I stopped that issue 17. Yeah, then I went back and collected the rest. Firepower. Uh, uh one of Rob Kirkman's uh, um series yeah and wow that's a lot <clears throat> yeah 30 years but you know what happy 30 years <laughs> oh yeah man yeah so many great titles yeah. so then also you know get your fist up ready mm-hmm. marvel voices of legacy number one they're blood see every month they've been doing like a lot of um tributes to uh different cultures and you know they do one i know they have one for uh women's uh women's month women's history month yeah women's history month yep so of course it's black history month so i had to pick up you know the black history title and feature story you know various stories written by black creators um yeah i i just had fun you know just reading it you know just, yeah, just simply just reading it and then, you know, having little interviews with, you know, black co- black content creators mm-hmm. that have worked at Marvel throughout their years and how they got into comics and how they got into Marvel and how Marvel affect them and the black heroes that we've grown to know and love. Yep. So I, I recommend everybody to pick it up. Any of the titles, too. I know there was a gay pride one I have, um, an indigenous one for indigenous peoples. Um, yeah, they're... Hispanic His, Hispanic Heritage Month. I know they want. That's one that they did. There's like nine titles so far. Hmm. Pick them all up. Nice. All right. That's pretty cool. And uh, remember, I told. And this is the last thing. Um, remember how I told you? Um, I ended up getting a free showcase ticket when, from when I went to see Shang Chi because their movie messed up. Yeah. Well, I used that this weekend to go watch Uncharted. Wow. Okay. And it is not bad. Hmm. That's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I think the video game movie curse could be lifting a little bit. 
Because hmm. I'm hearing, I've heard good things about Sonic, and this one actually was very fun to watch. Like, I'll probably put it on the level of, um, probably I got as much enjoyment as I did watching, like, Thor Ragnarok. Okay. So, um, hold on. Let me actually pull up the uh, premise. But it's a, it stars a young Nathan Drake. Tom Holland plays a young Nathan Drake. Him and his brother Sam get uh, split up. And uh, while he, he takes up a job uh, bartending while learning, you know, about all the, you know, explorers and stuff. And, t- you know, staying pretty true to the game, to the video game. Yep. But in a way, it's kind of like its own content. Mm-hmm. Like its own story. Yeah. So, uh, hold on. Let me pull it up. Let me see if it just... Oh, no. It just goes to the whole plot. But, um, yeah. And then he gets recruited by uh, Victor Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go into a race against a corrupt billionaire named Santiago Mandaka, played by Antonio Banderas. I had no idea he was in the game. I mean, in the movie. Wow. I didn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> And his hired mercenary Joe Braddock. I don't quite remember Joe the Joe Braddock character from the video game. Mm. Is are they are they original villains? From, I think they are. I think yeah. they are. And they go and they're looking to locate Ferdinand Magellan's uh, treasure. Okay. So they took you know took that. You see some you know bits and pieces of parkour and stuff, and they introduce they introduce Mister Whiskers. <laughs> so, and um, and you also, they also introduced Chloe Frazier, who was played by what's her name, Sophia Ali. Okay. Um, that it was actually fun to watch. Oh, and your boy Nolan North makes a co- makes a cameo. Nice. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Nice paying tribute to the main voice actor. Right. So and then they also have a mid credit scene for those who have not. Um, seen it yet? They do have a mid credit scene. There was like four of us who were trained by Marvel to stay through the whole entire thing. <laughs> so, but you know what? I actually do recommend. I actually do recommend you uh, watch it. It's just a. It's a. It's definitely a fun. If you're out with your boys, hey, let's go watch Uncharted, and you will enjoy it. Okay, yeah, sounds like a nice, uh, nice fun action adventure movie. Yeah, yeah, nice. What's the way to spend a weekend? Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. What you got, Vic? Nice. Yeah, I watched a. Uh, uh, let's see, I watched a bunch of movies um, over the past uh, past month. Actually, I watched uh, some some old ones, and I watched uh, a couple a couple of recent ones. Um, I'll review and I'll recommend a few uh, other ones that I've watched recently. Um, one movie that I that I watched recently it, it made its debut on Apple TV Plus last month. Uh, it's uh, directed by Joel Cohen, one half of the Cohen brothers, and it is his rendition of The Tragedy of Macbeth, which stars Denzel Washington as a title role, um, Francis McDormand, Catherine Hunter, um, Corey Hawkins, and Brendan Gleeson. Um, this, is a, this is a really visually striking uh, uh, rendition of the that classic Shakespeare uh, William Shakespeare uh, play. Um, it's it's violent. It's um, it's all about ambition um, and and the and the depths uh, you know men will go to to achieve their perceived greatness. And so Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth, man, they they play 
they play their roles to perfection. Um, just seeing Denzel Washington just recite that that uh, classic Shakespeare dialogue as he's like, you know, in the throes of madness and just like coming up with all sorts of villainous schemes to to take the crown. Um, Denzel, this is one of this is this is one of Denzel Washington's um, really nice performance performances. Um, Francis McDormand is is also striking as Lady Macbeth, um, equally cunning and calculating. Um, you also have uh, Catherine Hunter, who's a, a standout in this film. She plays the three witches um, that uh, that prophet that that deliver the prophecy to Macbeth that you know he will take the crown. Um, Catherine Hunter, man, like just her appearance is so it's so memorable because like she she's this older woman but she has this but she she she's she's actually like a contortionist like she's able to contort her body in various ways and she comes up yep she's like very bird-like bird-like in her appearance and you know like and then when she like even even when like when she rises when she rises like when she's hunched over when she's wearing this cloak she looks like a vulture just like from her silhouette um you know, and and just like, and, and then she has another appearance in the film where she plays another character where it's like, wait a minute, is that is that Catherine Hunter? And you look close, it's like, oh snap, it is her. And it's like, yeah, like like she's definitely a, a, a real standout in in this movie. Um, visually, oh man, this is like a this is a, a astounding looking black and white film. It's uh, the cinematographer was uh, Bruno Del Bonnell. Um he he has like these these sparse these very Spartan like black and white um sets they're all on sound stages like shrouded in fog you have like harsh shadows um that kind of like you know you know everyone's kind of like bathed in black shadows and darkness uh throughout the film um it's very expressionistic um so when you're watching it it's like every film every frame of the fi- of the film can be like its own painting if you will um yeah if you, if you're and if you're a fan of um you know William Shakespeare um this is this is one of the more unique uh, takes of William Shakespeare, especially with the with the story of Macbeth. So, you know, for those of you who do have Apple TV, Apple TV Plus, definitely check out uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, especially if you're a fan of you know Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Um, yeah, and this is this is also produced by A24. Uh, so this is this is one of their what uh, one of their uh, uh, jewels in their catalog. So I, I really enjoyed it. Is there a movie produced by A24 that you didn't like? Yeah, there there actually is. Um, there's one called uh, the Black Coat's Daughter, right. which um, it's it's like a it's like a slow burn horror film. I didn't really care for it. Like I knew it was. I, I tried to I tried to like it, but I didn't. I just didn't find it engaging. I thought it was a little boring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, I'd say that's it. No string of hits for you. <laughs> yeah, like A twenty four. Like they 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 hit it out the park ninety nine percent of the time, man. They're yeah. Can't all be. Yeah, but uh, can't all be winners. But yeah. but uh, but yeah, but Tragedy of Macbeth is certainly a winner. Um, yeah, so I saw that. Um, I also saw a, a really good film. Um, that that I enjoyed. It had like a it had a really mixed uh, reception. Um, I know John saw it. Um, he said it was dumb. Um, I saw. Uh, I, I there were a couple other people that, that watched it. They, they thought they thought it was a little silly, but I sat down and watched it, and I thought, yeah, yeah you know what? This is actually this is actually good. It's uh, Adam McKay's latest film. It's called Don't Look Up. 
Um, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's a it's a satire. It stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Rob Morgan, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Kate Blanchett, Tyler Perry, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande. It's an all star cast. And um, don't look up. It's a really interesting uh, satire that's about these two astronomers played by DiCaprio and uh, Lawrence. And they're try- and they discover that there's this planet killing comet that's about to hit Earth in a, in a matter of months, and so they're trying to warn the president. They're trying to warn you know news media outlets. They're trying to warn governments, but nobody's listening to them. In fact, nobody's nobody believes them. In fact, um, they're they're all minimizing the threat, and all the while, like uh, DiCaprio and Lawrence, they're at their wits' end trying to convince the world to just look up. So. The film, the film, uh, it, it definitely got a lot of mixed reviews, especially some, maybe some some har- uh, a, bit, a harsh reception in the press uh, because they thought, that, oh, this this film is too broad, this film is too broad of a satire, it's too heavy handed, it's it's too it, it's 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 too preachy. No, I th- I thought that the tone of the film was 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 not only not only on the mark, but I felt that this is definitely. Uh, uh, a, a, it, 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 it's 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 comedic it is funny but not in a haha way it's like funny in a gallows humor type of way because this is a film that is so satirical that it, it it hits the it's so on the money with the with the moment with what we've been going through it's a satire that feels too real mm-hmm. and i think that's because of the fact that it feels too real that it's it, it's put off a lot of people um, because of the fact that you know this the the comet is sort of like the sort of like an allegory for like climate change, like how governments are ignoring that right. um, and then when you fact when you put coronavirus into the mix and how governments and people responded to that um, this this film is like wow man, like this is ridiculous, but most of the shit that we 're seeing in this film happened in some form or fashion in real life, and we 're still seeing it now, like for example um the fact that um the fact that you have uh like news media outlets that are trying to minimize the issue. Like you have the, like these two, they're like, there are these two um, day, daytime TV talk show hosts played by Kate Blanchett and Tyler Perry. And they're, and, and they're, and they're basically like trying to put a positive spin on the fact that there's a planet killing comet. Um, you have the president played by Meryl Streep, who is basically a female Donald Trump. Oh God. Um, like she's basically, Doesn't she hate him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and like she's basically like, oh well, oh the the, the comment, like, what's so bad about it? And then the, the like, and then then they're telling her like, yo, there's a there's a one hundred percent chance that this comment is gonna kill us all, and like a hundred percent. Oh, I don't believe that. That that's 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 that's, that's, that's really harshing my mellow. Just it's really dragging me down. All right, fine. If you want to be precise about it, Miss Madam President, it's ninety nine point ninety seven percent. Oh, so it's not a hundred percent. Okay, so we can just call it seventy percent. And call it a day, and then Jonah Hill's being a troll because he's like the president's son and the chief of staff, and yeah, like the the film is just it 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 definitely um has it it kind of has shades of like idiocracy where it's like, but unlike idiocracy where it's basically blaming all ordinary people for being dumb dumbs and for dumbing down society, don't look up is actually different in that it actually gives it actually shows remarkable faith in actual regular people. It's just that the institutions and billionaires are the ones that are fucking everything up for all of us um for example like you have the character of mark rylance um his character um his this billionaire called peter isherwell and he's kind of sort of like um 
combination of like an older Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk type. Like think of his character from Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. Yeah. Like I'm looking it up and I'm like, I know this guy. I was like, I know this guy. And then I saw Ready Player One. Yeah. Like it's basically like his character from Ready Player One except less likable. Like he's a guy who like who talks like this the whole time. And it's like because he, like, he's, he's like basically wearing veneers. Kind of. Like he talks like oh. this the whole time and he's just, he's very condescending. <laughs> I have billions it's of dollars. kind of like how he talked in Ready Player One. Yeah, basically, yeah. I have billions of dollars and you're going to die alone according to my algorithm. And basically like he, he sees the, the, the he sees the the comet as as a money making opportunity, so he tries to use his resources to to you know to you know to address the the comet in a different way and and um, he because he's a top donor he's like the biggest top donor of the president he actually has the president in his pocket and so like you know he's he's basically like a, a satire of like Elon Musk where you know. Elon Musk, like in real life, like such like you know, he has like his legion of fans who kind of praise him as like the real life Tony Stark. But imagine Tony Stark is if Tony Stark was a complete dipshit dude, bro, um, and not and not completely smart, just has a lot of money. Um, so yeah, that's that's his character in a nutshell. Um, and 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 I, and I will say too, like don't look up really nails. Um, the, the 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 frustration that a lot of scientists have in real life, where they're trying to communicate as clearly as they can, like real threats, but either either they're either they're running into opposition from like the government or like the press or like just people who are like, I don't believe. Yeah, we don't believe America. Fuck yeah. And all this other bullshit, you know, it's like sounds getting real though. You know, I don't want to get the vaccine, nah, blah blah it. blah. And it's like, oh Jesus Christ, with the red hats. It's okay. Um, but but yeah, uh, but yeah, don't look up. I think it's I think it's an effective film. Um, Adam McKay, I think it's one of his best films. Um, I think he really he really nails he really nails the mark. Um, I think I think this this the film is it it does it, it is it does feel a little too real despite what we're going because of all the stuff that we've been going through um but i, I say it's, it's it's well worth the watch um it's this is effective satire um yeah man um i i think i think people can come together but these fucking billionaires you know are, are fucking us in the ass and i think that all of us together have to collect have to come together and use our collective will to find some way to assert our voices because, you know, we – billionaires are not going to save us, Carl. They're not going to save us, man. Me. Why are you directing that to me? I ain't saying nothing. No, no, no. I I'm directing it to the people. You know, billionaires are not going to save us, all right? And at the end of the day, all we have is each other. And if the past two years have not taught you that, then nothing will. And, and I really – really really don't want to keep living in real life idiocracy or real life don't look up so i really hope that this movie in some way can start conversations and, and start galvanizing people to just wake up and, and and just and just just make the world a better place man we we can do it we have the will we may not have the wealth but together i believe that we can make a difference and 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 it's films like don't look up that can that can that can you know start conversations and and motivate people. Well, good for Dirty Mike and the Boys for directing this. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
had to lighten up the mood. <laughs> yes. So, so Dirty Mike, that was Dirt, Dirty Mike did that. Yes, Dirty Mike did that. You know, he had a camera, he had a poodle, and a, and a jar of mustard. mustard. Yep. And it was a nice evening <laughs> in a Prius. We will have sex in your Prius. It will happen again. <laughs> God, I love that movie. That movie still holds up. It does. Can you believe that movie's 12 years old? Is it really? Yeah, 2010. That's another movie that I put you on to. Yeah. And you enjoyed. I did. Yeah. You know, aim for the bushes. <laughs> God, I could talk about that movie. I could quote that movie all day. Oh, yeah. And I will be, and, and it just, it, I can just be in it. It'll put me in a good mood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. You want to know why? Why? Because it ain't too proud to beg. Because I don't want no scrubs. Don't go chasing waterfalls. You gotta creep. 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 <laughs> is that a t- That's <laughs> Batman saying that. <laughs> it's like, and then the whole time is like, oh, do you, you do not know that's a, that's a TLC reference. Nope, I don't, I don't understand the reference here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. And and Don't Look Up is also nominated for Best Picture. Oh, right. Yeah, at this year's Oscars. Um, they didn't happen yet? Oh, no, the Oscars are happening um, this April. Yeah. Wow, they, I thought they were usually February. Yeah, they're usually February, but I think because like um, last year, because of COVID, it pushed everything back. So um, they, so the, so last year's Oscars had covered the 2020 films up to the end of February 2021. Gotcha. So this year's Oscars covers everything from March 2021 up until I think January. Gotcha. Yeah, but um, but yeah, speaking of the Oscars, I do have some thoughts about this year's nominations. Um, let me see. I can actually, I'm actually going to pull them up real quick. Uh, 94th. Yep, so, uh, let me see. Yep, so it's the 94th Academy Awards. This is coming out, uh, actually March 27th of this year. And it's going to be hosted by Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes. That's a good, uh, not bad. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty cool lineup. Um, some thoughts about um, the the nominees. So I'll I'll get into some of like the major categories. Uh, I know for the past couple of years, I well, I I, I have followed the Oscars. I pay, well, I mostly paid attention to the results. But ever since uh, fucking Green Book took the 2018 Best Picture Oscar, Green, Green Book that's that's the only Best Picture winner I have not seen. By the way, still have you seen the ones after? Oh yeah, I've seen Nomadland. Uh, so that was yeah, Nomadland and Parasite. Yeah. Don't you should write a book. Just say, just write a book of every every best picture Oscar. Winner. Every best picture and put your category in it. Just say best picture winners. Do they deserve it? Yeah, I I could do that. It's, yeah, it's been done, but I could do it. Um, but yeah, uh, this year's uh, best pictures. There's ten of them. Uh, that's, pretty, that's a lot for. Yep. So ten best pictures this year. So the best picture nominees are Belfast, uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Never seen it. Uh, Coda, uh, which is on Apple TV Plus. Don't Look Up. Uh, Drive My Car, uh, which is a Japanese film, has gotten a lot of praise. It's coming out on HBO Max uh, next Saturday, uh, okay. the sec- uh, March second, I believe, or March, but whatever the first Saturday is. Um, Dune. Um, part one, that's also nominated. Uh, King Richard, very happy to see that one there. Uh, Licorice Pizza, 
Uh, Nightmare Alley. Oh my gosh, I should review Nightmare Alley. That is a Victor movie right there. Woo! Guillermo del Toro. There's that grin. Biting chickens. I'll leave it at that. It's very racist, by the way, but go ahead. What? What's racist? Biting chickens. No, I mean live chickens. That's what happens in the movie. You know, I've heard worse from you. <laughs> no, I don't think anything uh, surprised me. Oh, it's on HBO, too, so definitely check it out. Uh, the Power of the Dog, uh, which is on Netflix, and Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story. Good lineup of films. Um... Yeah, so that, that's the that's the that's the rundown for best picture. Um for best director, there's Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, uh uh Risuke Hamaguchi or or Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. I'm really surprised you haven't seen Licorice Pizza yet. Yeah, um I was going to I was like Eh, I'll just wait for it until it arrives I'll like on streaming or Blu-ray, and then I'll rent it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Steven Spielberg, he actually made Oscar history. He's actually the first director to be nominated for a Best Director in five decades. Actually, no, six decades. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Ever since Jaws. Damn. Yeah, Jaws, Color Purple, um, Schindler's List, um, Saving Private Ryan in the 90s. Um, let me see. Two thousand. What was he nominated for in the two thousands? Um, I forget. Um, I know he was nominated for Lincoln in twenty twelve. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's been around. He's been doing it. I, I won't be surprised if he wins. Um, either her, either him or Jane Campion. Um, best actor. Some interesting ones. We got Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Will Smith as as uh, Richard Williams and King Richard. He's my pick to win. Has he won before? No, nah, he's been nominated, uh, Will Smith, but he's never won. Okay. Um, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, which is on Netflix. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. That's actually his best performance. And Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos. Um, best Actress, we've got Kristen Stewart as uh, in Spencer. She's my pick to win. Uh, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos as, as Lucille Ball, uh, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, and Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, interesting picks there. Um, best Supporting Actor, we got uh, Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Um, either one of them can win this one. Um, Kieran Hines, uh, J.K. Simmons, and T Troy Kotzer from CODA. And then we got Best Supporting Actress. Now, this one, this one, I, I want to see either Ariana DeBose uh, in West Side Story. She deserves it. I think she's going to she's gonna win this one. Or Anjanou Ellis in King Richard. Either one of them. I'd be fine if either one of these women win that Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Um, so, yeah, those are, the, those are the major categories, like, for Best Picture, Director, and, and, and all the acting categories. So... Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll actually tune in. Um, I'll tune into the Oscars this year, and I'll definitely um, watch it, especially on my on my on my uh, on my new OLED. So it's going to be like the best. That thing is not new anymore. Oh, it's it's it's, it's new to me. Damn it! <laughs> um, I'll I'll watch it on my new OLED. Um, I will see who the best pictures uh, best picture winner is. Um, it's a, it's a good round of picks, so I won't be mad at, at whoever wins. So there's so thankfully there's no Green Book nominee. 
uh, for this year's uh, pick. So, yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see what happens uh, for this year's Oscars. Um, but yeah, Nightmare Alley, Carl. Like it's it's on HBO Max. You should watch it. Um, do we uh, are we gonna have to do a little trade off? Um, it, it's it's not bad. It, it, it's not it's not a bad film. Um, oh, it, I watched Cannibal Holocaust in one shot, just yeah, without flinching. Yeah, well, no, I flinched a bunch. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I think I can probably. Ooh, coming to America got best makeup and hairstyling. Oh, yeah, well, well deserved. I'll say I'll give it that. Um, but yeah, uh, Night- Nightmare Alley, Bradley Cooper, um, Tony Collette, David Strathairn, Kate Blanchett. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a macabre movie, you know. Uh, Bradley Cooper plays like this 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 con artist who, he's he's like a mentalist, like he's basically like, basically like a, a fake psychic. Oh, okay. And uh, Kate Blanchett plays a psychiatrist who sees through his game, but then they 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 they, they try to work together to come up with a unique scheme. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, there's a there. So like he works in this in this in this really rundown carnival. Willem Dafoe's in it. He runs it. And uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a person that's called a geek in, in, in the carnival, and a geek is the is the aforementioned chicken biter. So it's like this guy, this it's like this this hillbilly who's been who's who's locked who, who's locked in a cage, and to the amusement and entertainment of the onlookers, he he runs after a, a, a live chicken, usually a rooster, takes it, bites the head off in front of everybody. And what's the name of this? Nightmare Alley. Chicken biting. Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Made me hungry though when I saw that scene. I'm like, man. I believe I believe it. I said, man, I could go for I could go for some grilled chicken. I don't know why, but yeah. It's a good movie. John John liked it. He sang its praises. <laughs> he said he does say the Snyder Cut should have been nominate, nominated. Nah. Nah. I, I was but- Maybe cinematography and visual yep. effects. Visual effects, No Way Home, Shang-Chi, No Time to Die, Free Guy, and Dune. As much as I love Shang-Chi and No Way Home, I think Dune's going to take it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Dune's going to take that and cinematography because it's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous film. Man, Denis Villeneuve has a really good eye. Um, and Greg Frazier, the cinematographer for Dune, man, it's it's I'm a fun. Trying it, to look at the other. Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal watch, and especially when you watch it in 4K Ultra HD, you see every grain of sand. Oh, your iPhone can record in. What? Huh? Yeah, you can record videos in 4K. It's not the same thing, man. I'm just saying you can do it. Yeah, you can, but no. No, it's not the same thing. When you sit down and when you watch Dune on an OLED television in 4K ultra high definition, Blu-ray, best nut I ever had. Let's talk about the book of Boba Fett. Okay, yes, please. Yeah, yeah you made that, made that very weird. Very weird. Very weird. Yes. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah. So yes, let's let's talk about uh, Star Wars, uh, the Book of Boba Fett, uh, which is the seven-episode uh, miniseries which premiered on Disney Plus um, in December of last year, and then uh, just wrapped up uh, last week. Um, it stars Tamora Morrison 
uh, reprising his role as Boba Fett, uh, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand, the uh, master assassin. I love her. Yep, very good character. Um, good actress, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I love her, too. <laughs> I bet you do, you thirst. You the damn thirst skippy. Th- th- let me be thirsty. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yes, uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, let me see as I pull up the information on Wikipedia. So I, I have. I can uh, go. So the premise is Boba Fett and Fennec Shan attempt to make a name for themselves in the galaxy's underworld by taking over the territory once controlled by Jabba the Hutt. Yes. Yep. That is correct. And this, the show was created uh, by John Favreau. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll begin with, with some of our brief non-spoiler thoughts, and then we'll get into, like, the uh, spoiler discussion proper. Uh, Carl, uh, what did you think of the book of Boba Fett? I thought it was cool. It wasn't, like, as groundbreaking as Mandalorian, but it was, it was definitely cool. Uh, they had some very good uh, action sequences that I felt, that I thought, that I really enjoyed. But I also was, like... It, I felt like they used the Boba Fett character to kind of, um, in wrestling terms, give the rub to the newer characters that are introdu- introduced into the Star Wars universe to have you look forward to projects by newer, you know, featuring newer characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was, it was fine. Uh, I. I enjoyed a lot of the characters. Uh, I there was probably like just probably like. One set of characters that I just did not care for. Okay. But other than that, like it was it was cool. It got me looking forward to uh I'm looking definitely looking forward to the next uh the next Star Wars season. I'm trying not to spoil right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, um I I, I was entertained uh by Book of Boba Fett. I I I, I, I I had fun watching it in the moment. Um, at the end, though, like even even when even when I was watching, especially the, the last few episodes, it it does come off as a mixed bag in the end, because it felt like John Favreau got bored halfway and was like, you know what? Let me let me just go ahead and uh, uh, just introduce uh, uh, man the Mandalorian back into this story. Uh, and while, while we're at it, let me just bring back some other characters too, and which we'll get into the spoilers. So it felt like Boba Fett took a back seat to his own show. He did. Um, also, too, like the 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 characterization of Boba Fett, I felt like it it wasn't it wasn't quite as as interesting. It wasn't quite as engaging as I as I expected. I think, and, and for various reasons, um, I, I I thought that. I thought that we're we're starting to we're starting to see the the limits of what you can do under under Disney's watchful eye, um, because when you when you think of the character of Boba Fett, you're thinking of like this badass bounty hunter. He has a really interesting backstory too, but the way he's presented in in in, in Book of Boba Fett, it's like he's a crime lord that doesn't like crime, and it, it, it was like, and I'm just watching it, it's like. Some I don't change your heart when he was in that sand monster. Yeah, uh, even 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 so, it's like there there was something that just some things that just didn't quite add up for me in terms of his characterization. Old man too. Um, 
yeah, even even though the character, well, the, the character of Boba Fett is like is in his early forties, but Tamara Morrison is in his early sixties. Is he really? Yeah. You know what? Good for him. He looks he looks great in his age. Yeah. For his age. Yeah. Um. So like so. Son I, of a bitch. He's sixty one. Yep. So so yeah like uh the, the so yeah I was I was kind of mixed as as far as like Boba Fett's characterization and like how how the series ended up becoming Mandalorian season 2.5. Um, but, and also there was a introduction of certain characters that should have been the main villains for this season. Um, but, but we'll definitely get into the, the, the spoilers more, but, but, but as a whole, I, 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 I enjoyed watching it. Um, it's, it's not, it's certainly not a bad show, but it could have been so, so much, much more. Better. Yes, and so much better than than what we got. So, but yeah, with that, we'll we'll dive into the spoilers proper for a book of Boba Fett. Um, so we'll we'll count it down: uh, five, four, three, two, and one. Now, I need to ask you this because um, did okay? A lot of people said. That episode, what was it? Six made people hate the Last Jedi even more. Hmm. Oh, okay. I know what you mean. Yes. So, All right. So yeah. Um. And for episode six, which which is titled uh, "From the Desert Comes a Stranger," uh, we see the appearance of Luke Skywalker. And not just Luke's, not just Mark Hamill reprising his role. We see a computer generated, uh, and this is, goes beyond de de aging. Like this is a full on recreation of Mark Hamill circa nineteen eighty three in Return of the Jedi, which is both amazing and extremely off putting. Um, let it be known. I, I, I want people to let it be known that you know w w when I when I die. Don't resurrect me in CG. I don't approve of my likeness being used in like seamless CG as if I never left this earth. So I don't approve of my image being used in CG in that way. So just let that be known. Um, in case, what if your family gets a lot of money for it? Even so, it's just it's just ethically it's just ethically icky to me. Especially, like, I think I think I think Peter Cushing's appearance in Rogue One. That was even more egregious, but uh, but yeah, but but yeah, Luke Skywalker. Um, it was <laughs> what was that? After it says hologram, Victor Vader. <laughs> See, yeah. now I gotta do it. <laughs> please, please don't hologram me. I don't. I don't approve. Um, my estate does not approve, but um, but anyway, yeah, like Luke Skywalker. Um, I can see why it makes people hate the Last Jedi even more, but um. I'm I'm wondering. I'm of two minds of this. So Luke Skywalker, as is complete fan service. His appearance was complete fan service. Um, he's training Grogu in 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 the ways of of the Jedi. But there's but but yeah, in that in that in that episode where where Din Djarin, aka the Mandalorian, um visits wants to see grogu and he leaves him a gift and the gift is like this chainmail beskar vest uh, for grogu and so luke luke gives grogu a choice well you can either accept this gift from 
uh, Mando, or you can take uh, this nice lightsaber, which was held by the greatest master of all time, Yoda, this lightsaber, and continue your training. And so, of course, Grogu makes a decision to go back uh, to 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 Din Djarin. But this this scene kind of annoyed me because it shows Luke Skywalker being a fun. Phenomenally shitty teacher because one is he if if this is his way of 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 continuing the Jedi tradition as oh oh Jedi the the Jedi are not supposed to have any attachments they're supposed to divest themselves from any connections to people just focus on the Force well Luke's a hypocrite because he had an attachment to his father and saved him and because of that attachment and love he, he sa- yeah he saved him oh. yeah he broke the curse he he saved him. And so Luke, and so to see Luke still trying to embrace the the old Jedi ways that got the Jedi killed in the prequel trilogy was a little weird to me. Okay. It, it felt like it was inconsistent. On the other hand, I could I could see maybe this sort of like being the start of Luke Skywalker's personal downward spiral to being the bitter old man we saw in the sequel trilogy. Maybe it turns out that Luke Skywalker, despite being the galaxy one of the galaxy's greatest heroes. Is just not cut out for is not leadership material. Maybe he's just not a good teacher. Maybe Luke Skywalker does more damage in training Jedi than he than he did than he does good. Ma- I like that. I like that take though. Yeah, so I do. I, I do like that take. Maybe that. Yeah, and that could it could lead to a, a Luke Skywalker series, but we end up seeing that. Yeah, and and I, and I th- that leads to the Last Jedi. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that leads to the Last Jedi, but I can also see that like sort of being way more. Yeah, I can see that dividing the fan, that's already toxic Star Wars fan base even more. It's like, oh, they're they're leading into the Last Jedi. That's not my Star Wars. Hashtag not my Star Wars. That's like, ah, oh, again with this shit. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> oh man, and so so like, I I can see that I can see Disney either going that way, or maybe they're gonna find a way to sort of like toe the line make luke skywalker be like the 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 golden boy scout that all the fans expect him to be all these years and sort of like kind of minimize you know what he develops into in the last in the sequel trilogy i can see that happening too so you know until then we don't know but but i will say with like with the with the cg luke skywalker thing just cast sebastian stan sebastian stan looks so much like a young mark hamill ain't it scary it is. All he has to do is like just put stop, the wig on him. Put the wig on him, and he and he looks just like young Mark Hamill. He said on Twitter, he's down for he's down to do it. There you go. Yeah, he he's down to do it. Yeah, and besides, like he ain't got nothing else to do besides Winter Soldier. I mean, Winter Soldier's not taking up all his time. Oh, he's doing Pam and Tommy. Pam and Tommy. Oh, oh, I wonder how that's going to turn out. <laughs> oh, sorry to y'all. It's on Hulu right now. But oh, okay. That, that well, that's what he's been doing. So I think mm. he's got some other stuff. Then. Yeah. In the works, so he he is busy, but he's down to do it. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and, it's, and he's right there. Yeah, so so yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at with the whole I wanna, thing. I want I want a dark saber. A dark saber. That thing is so badass. I'm just like, <laughs> if I ever invest in a lightsaber, that's the one I want to get. It does look cool. It is. It does. Mm. Like it does have like its own peculiarities like does it get heavier the more you use it possibly i think i think so 
But it's just that the more you master, you have to like truly master it. Mm. Yeah. So it's not just like an ordinary lightsaber. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And then um this oh, I have to say this too. This was one of my this was one of my gripes. Mm. Chrysanthemum. Yeah. The um I call them evil. I call them evil Jabba until I find it. I, not I call them evil, evil Chewy. Yeah. Before I found out his name. Yeah. I thought he looked so badass. Yeah. Until by the way, uh, Carrie Jones, the guy who uh, plays him, is going to be at Rhode Island Comic Con this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. But um, I thought he was like so badass until they just freaking bitched him down and stuff. And then there was one thing too. It was like, yo, dude, do Wookiees have a healing factor? Not as far as Because he know. got like shot in the leg and he couldn't walk. And the next thing you know, he's just running with the crew. And I'm like, yeah. That kind of, I caught that, but you had to probably be like a hardcore. You're looking at every detail and stuff. Mm. Look at as like the something like the not my Star Wars uh, crew would mm. nitpick at and make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, I I just thought that oh maybe he just takes pain really well. I mean he's a big Wookie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and I didn't care for the cyborgs. They just did nothing for me. Mm. I you know I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I I, th- I thought I thought I will say like with the with the that cyborg gang I thought it was kind of cool because I never we never really got to see like a cyberpunk aspect to the Star Wars universe. Right. I, so I, I thought I thought the con- conceptually I thought they were cool, but as characters they were just like they there. were just there they were just bland. Like yeah, they could have been anybody. And I'm actually just like looking at the uh, ca- the um, the cast right now. Can can we give Timothy Oliphant his flowers as an actor? Yes. I think he's just so underappreciated. Oh, yeah. And he... Marvel, pick him up. DC, pick him up. I want him to be one of those actors who do both, who can do both. Oh, yeah. I agree. Like, have you ever seen this show, Justified? No, but I know... Like, I know he kills it. I enjoyed his performance in I Am Number 4. Um... Like, I've seen him in so many different things. He was in The Office for a couple of episodes. Um, he was in The League for an episode. He was freaking hilarious. And I'm like, yo, God. Timothy Oliphant, I'm, I'm like watching him. I'm just like, yo, you know what? He yeah. doesn't get the credit that he deserves. You know, I agree. He is an underrated actor. Like, like Justified is like, he's like, like his his best. Right. And, it's, it's such a such a damn good show, man. Uh, especially the final episode, which I won't spoil. It's like, uh, it just hit. It just hits you. Um, yeah, Timothy. I mean, he, he was also in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but yeah, like like his character Cobb Vanth is is really interesting. Um, it's it's just like I, I thought I thought his character was was pretty was pretty interesting, especially like the the end credits where. Where um, we see him in the bank, bank, bank the tank actor after he gets shot by a Cad Bane. Uh, more on him in a bit. Um, yeah, but yeah, give give Timothy Oliphant his flowers. He's a damn good actor. He deserves more high profile work. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was crazy. Nick Nick Quattrini just said when Timothy shoots someone, he is justified. <laughs> <laughs> that I was like a that. Good one. That is, that's good. I enjoyed seeing Cad Bane. Yeah, a live action Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Voiced by uh, Corey Burton. I don't know if he uh, voiced him in the. Uh... Oh, yep, he did. In Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Cad Bane, like 
like he have you you haven't seen Clone Wars yet? Though. No, but I did see him in uh Bad Batch. Okay. Yeah, like like Cad Bane, like he should have been that was a missed opportunity because he should have been like the main villain in Book of Boba Fett because right. if you go back to the Clone Wars uh, sh- uh series, him and Boba Fett have a history because Cad Bane actually was one of the key was one of the key mentors of Boba Fett when he was a kid training him into the ways of bounty hunting. Right. So like so there was like some some history that they could have delved into but like if if you were one of those who never who never saw the character before didn't see Bad Batch didn't see Clone Wars like you watched him and it's like oh who's this guy oh he looks interesting oh he's dead now he just got speared through the ch- okay, all right yeah i think yeah, i wanted to see more i wanted to see more live action you know of him cuz i i thought that was pretty badass oh yeah and of course my girl was Ario Dawson we we What's the word I'm looking for? Reprising her role yep. as Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, um, it was cool seeing Rosario Dawson, seeing Ahsoka Tano, one of the one of the best characters in in the Star Wars uh, series. Um, but her character, her appearance, boiled down to don't forget my show, people. Um, yeah, they. I, I think yeah, they had to put that. Yeah, they had to like put that over. But oh, trust me, we won't. A, yeah. you're you're Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. B. You're a Sokotano. Yeah. We're sold. Yeah. Um, but it does but it does make me it does make me wonder about the the future of Star Wars and in, 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 in that I think I think I think Disney and this and this and I'm and I'm mixed on this, like they're trying I think they're trying to impose a sort of like an MCU style template on the whole universe where <laughs> they're trying so, to yeah. Yeah, you know, they're trying to in, interconnect, interconnect every last series and movie where the universe is so vast, you don't really it's, need to do that. No, no, I, I actually agree. I think, like, I mean, yeah, they can ha- have it st- take place in the same universe, but mm-hmm. like you said, it's so it's so huge. It's an entire universe. Yeah. Like, you can tell so many stories here and there. Here. Let there be Jedis somewhere in another galaxy. Yeah. Or maybe just like another Jedi, but like another group of Jedi's, but mm. like another, like you know, how in Christianity, there's like different faiths. Yeah, denominations. Yeah, yep. different denominations have that for Jedi. Have be, that for Jedi's. That'd be a really good, cool idea. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah, pay us Disney, Lucasfilm. Listen, <laughs> you, shoot, don't you think I won't take a Disney check? <laughs> I'll take a Disney check. I don't care. I'm not proud. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that'll be that'll be that's a really good idea. Like having like different different perceptions of what the Jedi are and different practices yeah. and how they conflict. Like that that that's a that's a gold mine right there. And even then, they, they can still take place in the same universe. There can still be some connections, but it has to, doesn't have to be a direct connection to the Skywalker saga. Yeah, or even any of the characters we've seen so far. Right, just a yeah. whole new thing. I'm like, yo, there's a whole different denomination of Jedi's. Yep, or like, even or even Sith. Right. Yeah. We never really did. We really get to see. We need. We can get a freaking prequel of how the Jedi came to be, yeah. or this and how they broke and how like they be, a civil war broke out. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi and the Siths go against the Jedi's. They're a, a big civil war that goes on, that spreads into the rest of the universe. Disney, pay me, damn it! Yeah, there's yeah, like the like the closest thing to that would be like the the old well, they're now non-canon, like the 
Dark Horse Comics had a Tales of the Jedi right. a series, which explored the Jedi for like thousands of years ago before yeah. the movies, right. which, which was pretty cool. So they kind of explored that a bit. Um, even Knights of the Old Republic, the video game explores that too. Um, I can't wait for the remake. Was Ooh. that the freaking uh, big box that Maurice? <laughs> uh, no, I think that was um, it was Knights of the Old Republic two. I think it was. He just broke a boom. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. Um, but yeah, like, like, what did you think of um, uh, Boba Fett? Like himself, like his storyline and, and his characterization. Um, it had its moments. Hmm. Uh, the train, the fight scene with the train. Oh yeah, that was cool. That was with the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, I, I I thought it was cool that he ended up like turning on a new leaf with the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. So I think that was maybe his like maybe that was his call to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. Um. First of all, that bat, that badass lead uh, fighting Tuscan Raider. Yeah. Played by a woman. Oh, okay. Nice. Was it the one with the long? Yeah. 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 Oh, that really surprised me. I'm like, yo, that's a woman playing that shit. I'm like, go ahead, girl. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I just felt like there was. I feel like they could have done more. Yeah. With Boba Fett, is like, all right, let's kind of use this legendary character to put over these newer characters that we're trying to that have like shows coming up and stuff like help them you know get like give them the rub um i want to see more of that dark saber i want it yeah we'll see more of it in mando i will fight somebody for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like like i think with boba fett like i think i think too like um the the structure in the first few episodes was was a bit wonky was a bit awkward because like you had him you had him in the present day you know trying to become trying to like command respect amongst the the criminal element in Mos Espa and then you had then you, then you had him go back into the bank the bank bank the tank to heal and then it flashes back to when he was with the with the Tuscan Raiders it was it was a kind of like an awkward structure in that way right um but um but I, but I thought I thought that like I, I like I knew what they were going for, like with Boba Fett, like him. Maybe he he realizes that, like, you know, he can't he can't keep being a lone wolf. Like he has to find solidarity in people, and it kind of shows him him being honorable. Mm-hmm. But but again, like it it, it does kind of show how Disney's because of the fact that Disney owns Star Wars, they can't allow the characters, especially the heroes, to be too dark right. or even anti-hero territory. It's like, well. You know, Boba Fett, yeah, he's had this reputation among fans as this badass bounty hunter, but we got to make it family friendly, a bit more kid friendly. So let's make him a more honorable knight, like a, a, a knight errant sort of. Yeah, but give him like, if, if you're going to do that, show us, because this is, it's pretty, it's pretty much night and day. Yeah. Show us why and how. You know, he decided to, you know, get saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, for lack of a better word, yeah. Um yeah, yeah I just think they could have done uh, um they probably could have done more or maybe since he was trapped in that sand monster for like God knows wherever. Mm. That's when he had it. Yeah. Could be, but um they just didn't explore too much of it. Yeah, it, it didn't go deep enough. They, there we go. Yeah. It didn't go deep enough. Yeah. Like, like it went there just not 
Yeah, it, it didn't go deep enough, and which is which is which is too bad because Tamara Morrison is really good in the role. Like, right. Yeah. And like, if he had like stronger material, he could have it. He could deliver a, a stronger Boba Fett. But then it becomes it becomes apparent that it's like, all right, well, there's so far we're not getting too much of Boba Fett. He can't be a complete badass because Disney wants to keep him family friendly. Right. So that's where I guess I did. It. That's where John Favreau was like, oh, I'll just write. I'll just write in the Mando and I, Mandalorian and and Grogu. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll put in Luke Skywalker. You, you know, you know, I'll, I'll put in the Rancor. You know, you, you know what? Let's, 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 let's scratch Book of Boba Fett. Let's call this Mando season two point five, and then and I think I'd be looking forward to Mando season three. It it does, but but also too like, or and this and this is just one one thing that 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 gets under my skin too. It's like the fact that Grogu is back with with Din Djarin. It makes the season two, um, the emotional season two finale of Mandalorian. It kind of like waters it down. Yeah, it makes it meaningless because it's, it's back to status quo. Right. Un- unless the plan is to have Grogu go back to Luke, but even then you're just repeating yourself. Yeah. It, I see I see it does happen, but then it's like, I do want, I do want to see Grogu with that lightsaber. I really did. So oh, it's just like, yeah. I think maybe eventually, I think they'll probably will do that. And you know, it seems like it's back to square one. But I think in Mando season three, Grogu makes the decision on his own. Mm. And you actually see growth in the character. Hmm. You know, he probably, you know, grows in size a bit. He's not, you know, he's not as cute and cuddly. You know, we actually see, we actually you know see some growth, and he goes, you know what? I will finish my training in Yoda voice. Hmm. Yeah, if Grogu speaks, that'll yeah. be a huge moment. Exactly. So, oh my God, I think the, I think tears will shed. <laughs> but I um I think that's something that they could do. I mean, if you're gonna if like if you're gonna put them back together for a little bit let them have some adventures go go against a worthy adversary but then yeah let him go back on his own yeah yeah then let mando you know go on some crazy adventures on his own then And both of them, but yet you can still do more with the Grogu character because remember he's a child. Mm-hmm. We can get more adult. We can get more adult Grogu. He'll get his own thing. Yeah, like man, let have Mando like die or something. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. You know, yeah, that will definitely get people talking. Uh, Pay me, Disney. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, there, there's there's def- there's definitely a, a, a lot of possibilities story wise. Mind um, you, I'm a casual Star Wars fan. Yep. I'm growing, mm-hmm. but I'm a casual. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot you can do. Um, yeah, and, and again, like I just wish that you know Boba Fett was presented as a much more interesting character that lived up to all of that mythos right. that people built up for like the past like 30, 30. 40 years. Yeah, say forty now. Yeah. Yeah, um, but but yeah, but yeah, you know, as it stands, um, yeah, I'm definitely look, looking forward to Mandalorian season three. Um, I do want them, I do want Boba Fett to have like a more, 
proper uh, proper uh, proper development because um, because the character is is fascinating but um but given given um disney's treatment of him as like uh just like a family friendly um a knight with a heart of gold it's like eh. but but then but then but the, but but then they 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 kept fennec shan ruthless because she she hung the mayor of the of Mas Espa. You saw his feet dangling at the end, and then she laid waste to that entire room full of pikes, um, all those uh, that criminal uh, organization. And it's like she she mur- she murked everybody. She, they kept her badass, but then they can't make Boba Fett do the same thing. What wasn't it, it, it beautiful though? It, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was it was great, but it was like it was like that badassery should go to Fett too, because you have it right there. You know, Disney, Disney does. They don't have. To, I'm not. I'm not saying Disney has to turn them into like Logan, but like you can have an edge to these characters. It doesn't yeah. have to be like completely kid friendly. It's like just just let them loose a bit. You know, Get, put a little more. A little more edge to the Star Wars universe. Right. It doesn't have to be completely kid friendly and like merchandising opportunities with like cute little creatures, you know. Yeah. What did you think of the job? The what was it, his his niece and nephew or were the ladies his nephew, niece and nephew? I know they were related to him somehow. Oh, like the 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 Hut twins. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're basically like here to, here today, gone tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Let me say, I came across like in one of the Facebooks, and they're like, "They should Jabba's should not be CGI." I'm like, "You, you, you gotta make him CG." You kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he was part of the not my star hashtag, not my Star Wars um, crew. I can't even remember who said it, which group, it, which which group it was, but mm. <laughs> but yeah, they were here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. It was cool to see Danny Trejo in the uh, Star Wars universe because he's just yeah, it was. He's just kind of a badass dude. That just everybody appreciates him. Oh yeah, yeah. Danny Trejo, he he, he I think he got he gets his flowers. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's in everything. Yeah, yeah. He, you, if you think it, he's probably there. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I, I bet you could do like a six degrees of uh, separation with Danny Trejo. I'm a hundred percent sure that you can. Mm. Yeah, you know he comes in as the rancor trainer. <laughs> yeah, I'm really trying to think, trying to con- how to connect Danny Trejo with Robert Downey Jr. Um, okay, Danny Trejo with Robert Downey Jr. Okay, um, okay, okay. So Danny Trejo and Al Pacino, they were in Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Al Pacino, Robert Downey, they were in Heat too. But but like. Al Pacino, Robert, okay. Danny Trejo, Al Pacino's in Heat. If you put, if you link Al Pacino with, um, okay, uh, Al Pacino with um, Chris O'Donnell in uh, *In Sense of a Woman*. Chris O'Donnell, George Clooney, uh, Batman and Robin. Uh, George Clooney, um, George Clooney. Um, Oh shoot! I I missed one. Hold on, hold on. See, I'm I'm actually trying to do six degrees of separation with Danny Trejo. Okay. Um, okay. Let me th- let me let me let me think. Okay. 
No, Chris O'Donnell was he in um Batman and Batman Forever? Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, I got it. Chris O'Donnell, Val Kilmer, Batman and Robin, Val Kilmer, Robert Downey Jr., Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> I just found a, I just found a website that did it, and I'm actually typing it in. <laughs> yes, I I did it. I I knew I knew it was close with Chris O'Donnell. I I was I was off a movie because I, I I put him with George Clooney and Batman and Robin. But again, Chris O'Donnell. And Val Kilmer did Batman and Forever together, and then Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. did a movie together, Kiss 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 Bang Bang. Okay, he actually okay the app kind of broke broke it down. Uh, yeah, the website broke it down to it. There's a number of two. Hmm. Robert Downey Jr. was in Due Date mm-hmm. with the RZA. No, oh. and the RZA was in Minions: The Rise of Guru with Danny Trejo. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> The the website is called oraclebacon.org. <laughs> Oracle Bacon? Oracle of Bacon. Of Bacon. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, because I know I know there's like a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. That was popular. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's the bacon. Mm. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Damn. Yeah. So so yeah, that that's uh that's our that's our that's our game there. Uh but yeah, like yeah. Any other thoughts about uh, Book of Boba Fett and um, Star Wars? It was a fun. It was a fun watch. Yeah, I will say that it was a fun watch. It was an entertaining watch. You know, I do recommend it. It's just you know, I mean, it has its hits. It has its hits and misses. Mm. More hits, I will give it. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, more hits, more more hits and misses, but overall entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely entertaining. Um, if you're if you're a Star Wars fan, um, uh, you know it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, just know that the just know that it, 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 the the flaws are there. Um, I am I am a little I am both excited yet a little wary as to where the future of Star Wars might go. And um, I, I but I will say that like Star Wars does function better as on television than it does in the movies. Um, because you can expand on the universe a bit more. Correct. Um, I give you that. Um, I'm hoping that Disney does not give Star Wars the MCU treatment by trying to by trying to interconnect every last show together. Um, they they really don't need to do that. They just have to. And and I really and I really hope that you know Disney Disney doesn't like rely on fan service and just like the bare minimum like oh we'll just pop these characters in there and have like have them have a little fun adventure you know storytelling storytelling be damned we'll just collect a check on fan service i just hope that they have put in a little more care and attention to you know everything moving forward um and, and give and don't be afraid to give star wars an edge disney just give them a little edge you know, it, it, it's all right. You know, not everybody, not everybody has to be squeaky, squeaky, squeaky clean. You know, you know, it, like in wrestling, you know, not everybody can be the the white meat baby face. We're not, we're not, we don't watch wrestling to see a whole bunch of John Cena's or a whole bunch of Cody Rhodes. You know, we want to see different personalities. So let them be what they got to be. So, um, but but I will say, like, if I had to rate uh, Star Wars Book of Boba Fett. Um, it's just a channel like my inner Adam Sessler from G4. Okay. Um, I will give Star Wars The Book of Boba Fett a three out of five. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah. So three out of five. Um, still worth watching. Uh, still worth watching seven episodes. You can get through that in a day. Um, I am looking forward to Mando season three. Hopefully, they'll hopefully, uh, 
Mando season three isn't gonna like give us more status quo stuff and actually lead to some real tangible change. But but, but, but time will tell. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That that about does it for Book of Boba Fett uh, discussion. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments as well as by email, uh, Codex Prime Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, uh, pl- uh, please send us an email, to, even just for the heck of it. We will read it on the air because <laughs> um, all we get is spam. <laughs> and I've been couple del- business stuff. Well, yeah, you know, a couple of business inquiries, and um, we've got a couple of guests on the show through the email. But um, but yeah, it's it's mostly spam. Otherwise, so just just send us an email so we can read it on the air. It could be about anything. Oh, um, yeah, just just so we because we have it's been a long time since we've had viewer listener uh, mail so. So yeah, that, that, so that's about it. Um, yeah, Carl, uh, what else you got, man? Um, you can find us on Facebook, obviously. Thank you for watching. You can also check out the uh, our Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast, Twitter Codex Prime Cast. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere. Your wherever your preferred. Um, uh, podcasting uh, platform is we're yeah. on there absolutely yeah and uh, yeah we're also on Facebook uh, every Tuesday uh, 8 p.m. Eastern um, we're also on Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast and Twitter at Codex Prime Cast totally just said all that oh you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also give a shout out to our spot one more shout out to our sponsor <laughs> Silk City Hot Sauce you know yes. whatever whatever type of hot sauces you need all the delicious uh, delectable flavors mm-hmm. just you know hit, just go to silkcityhotsauce.com use the codex I mean yeah, use the promo code codex po- codex Jesus what is wrong with me use the promo code codex <laughs> C-O-D-E-X yes. to get 15% off of your order I am tired as hell that's right that's right uh, all sorts of unique hot hot sauces and flavors that you can put all over your chicken all over your body if you're so inclined hey. Um, make it weird. Make it weird. Yeah, make it weird and hungry, hot and creamy. What the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm a little tired myself. But um, get your freaking loopy when you're tired. <laughs> also, get a get, get our merch at Infamous Customs. Uh, you can look her look her up on Instagram. Yep. And then you can just send slide in your DM for your order. Yep, and uh, and yeah, and as always, uh, yeah, just you know, check us out. Uh, next week we'll have more nerd goodness and magic. I got more movies uh, coming out. Um, let Hopefully me see. Hopefully, Vic will watch Bel Air. I'll 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 get around to Bel Air. Um, if not, the, uh, uh, soon, soon. I'll, I'll I'll get I'll get to Bel Air soon. Um, I don't know how many episodes there. Are. So far, there's four. Okay, so like, do you know how many episodes they're planning as as overall for this it's... season? Give me. One sec. Because I'll definitely watch once all the episodes are posted and I can just binge watch. I I love appointment television. Yeah. It, it, I love just the week. Um, excuse me. Uh, so far, I believe it's going to be. Oh, they don't have they don't have a list. They just have the four seasons that are up. Oh, four episodes. Four episodes, excuse me, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh yeah, we'll uh 
But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get into that at some point. Um, yeah, as always, uh, thank you all for watching uh, on, on Facebook Live. Thank you all for listening. Um, as always, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.